Connesty, how are you? Welcome to the Candid Tales podcast. I'm sitting down not with my sister, despite the fact that we can actually be in the same room. Life got busy and suddenly we have to do this in the office and in my ra- my room because life's life's hard to navigate when also things come broke. out of lockdown. Also, your life broke. Um, I'm very, I'm very um, spooky stories, bit of campfire lighting. That's yeah, kind of it was, this evening. we could have played that as like, we meant that. Um, if you're watching this video on YouTube, of course, you'll get that. If you're not watching this v- video on YouTube, you listen to the podcast on our podcasting channel, channels. Well, you know, it maybe really you can go and like, like and subscribe to see Sarah's crap light. I mean, very interesting, uh, you know, avant-garde lighting. Um, you know, it's very, it's a, it's on purpose. It's definitely on purpose. It's definitely on purpose. Mm. And I like the green slit on your glasses. I'm trying there. to angle my face so the weird reflection <laughs> is out of my eyes, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey. I'm on a journey today with technology, as is Aaron. But yes, as you were saying, Aaron, life has been happening. Mm. Um, I think last week, for the first time in over a year, I ran out of like ability to be around people. Wow. Yeah. And like that used to Your spoons. Me. Yeah, they just, all of them gone. And it was I like. Love, I love that, uh, that uh, allegory of like, I only have a num- number of spoons and I can't give them away. I just have a number of spoons. Yeah, yeah. I have a certain <laughs> number of like interactions I can have with human beings before I, I just completely go into emotional shutdown and I don't want to waste them on some, you know, some, some social media bullshit. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of why I'm like this. It's why I'm like this. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yes, no, no I, I fully amazing. ran out. I hit the wall. I, I was, I had to like, not speak to anybody for like, thirty six wow. hours, which I didn't wow. get all of, but you know, most yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's interesting. A long time, so it was, it was kind of nice, but it was also one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is a bit I did. I mean, it's funny because like as an introvert, you quite enjoyed the start of lockdown and then didn't really notice the rest of lockdown. And then kind of went, had to be like called by your family quite a lot in order to get you the fuck out of your house. You like you abducted me for road trips a couple of times where you were like, I'm getting worried about you. And I was just like, I'm vibing. Yeah, yeah, I'm having my having my Bluetooth discos in the back garden with my headphones on. It was great. It was so yeah. Great. Like, I was to be fair, worried about you. It was it was great. It was it was okay for a while. I definitely I felt like lockdown was a lot easier on me than it was on you. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I did I did an awful lot of socializing through the screen, uh, certainly mm. in the first lockdown. Um, well, we've definitely learned a few things, and this is a way of actually taking the learning of not like you know having to drive into town to do this and having to stay in traffic and use fuel and energy more energy than needed to hang on. We can just do this over the internet. We can actually arrange a call because after lockdown, everything's getting busy. The arts are getting a kind of a in Ireland anyway have gotten a big funding um injection and a lot of a lot of crews a lot of produ- productions are being ha- happening and a lot of artists are trying to just do their own shows stories theater dance circus tv film are all going into overdrive mm. and it's great that people are like you know 
it's in a safe way. It's a lot of PUP, PUP, uh, PUP, PUP, no, P-P-P. Uh, what's the PPP? PPP, PPP, I think it is. PPE, I knew, yeah, <laughs> that's it. A something, a something P, a lot, a lot of P's in there. <laughs> There have been lots of peas this last time. Yeah, uh, but like because because you know the safety and everything, everyone kind of had, had to have a year to prep for this. Uh, not seven years like breast in the next story, but that we'll get ahead of ourselves. Because um, <laughs> we're talking about the uh, first battle of Moitura in this podcast. We if you are, hadn't tuned uh, in, if you hadn't uh, copped it, copped it so far, and we 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 kind of put out the we put out the writing of podcast because we thought that would be kind of interesting, and you know, let us know what you thought of that and if you liked it. Uh, I hope it was interesting, but then we also were kind of like, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about this, and it and kind of I guess the, the, there's a very strong resonance with what's going on you know, has gone on in a number of different places. Stories repeat themselves. History repeats themselves. It's a, it's kind of amazing to see similarities in this story to some current events that we'll mention a little bit later, uh, which is both tragic and hugely frustrating. And, well, I guess as kind of inherited trauma kind of generations of Irish colonialism with, well, certain feelings about, there colonialism. Are, there are some big feelings <laughs> about colonialism. There are there are some big. Yeah, I always find it really interesting when that anger comes up because I I feel like I have a very similar. Um, there's certain kinds of anger where when they come up, they're so strong that you realize that they're not just yours. Oh, the, like, yeah, I, I had a lot I, of that. I get yeah. it. I get it a lot with kind of you know we talk a lot about kind of feminism and gender mm. politics i think in this podcast so i get it a lot with that stuff sure. and i get it a lot with a, some irish history stuff as well mm-hmm. where like the grief or the pain or the anger that comes up you're like that's not that's that's kind of not personal yeah this is something that is resonating with something that somebody in my history could not express and I think when these, when these, you know, when some, sometimes the same thing happens with world events that are happening now, you know, when you see it playing out, that the emotion becomes incredibly strong, which is both, like with all really strong energies, is both a, a huge opportunity and a huge danger. Like we talked, I think that conversation we had with Melanie from her story about anger is always is often one that I think about like the transformative power of anger but also we know the destructive power of anger and we know the destructive power of anger in this country and we know how incredibly poisonous it can be Mm -hmm. um so anyway listen let's before we start talking about resonances and get too yeah well I mean this this story itself I guess had so many talking points um we (laughs) We did an interesting thing in in releasing how we made it, um, and like Sarka said, we're curious to hear about how he, how you thought about it. Uh, Rory O'Shea, in fairness to him, did an amazing job of uh, of masking something in in the, adding a, a atmos, uh, and believe it or not, uh, yeah, he had to deal with an awful lot of uh, rain sounds in the background, and it just became a super like he just went over and above kind of trying to match the uh, audio sound from your shafas that was pouring rain and, and it, but it actually um, made the story it, it made, made it, it so cool 
Um, one of those it was just one of those moments that happens when you're in a creative process so often where you're like the thing that is wrong with this becomes the thing that is best about this bizarre it right kind of, it was really cool and we got some um, great feedback about it about that episode i like i love that episode i love this whole series of stories but i think it, like there's a couple of climaxes in it and obviously they're you know the big the big battles um and this one is just uh, it's it's intense, it's furious, but it has these two opposing parties, uh, two opposing groups and tribes, and you know, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty basic. They both share a story of belonging to an ancestral home ground, and they one of them has a fairly rich trauma from being enslaved and having a fairly horrible life in you know in their previous country and then they you know can't see past that and can't find a resolution and mm-hmm. it goes down to violence and it's so often the case this is like oh my god this is just how people react this is how people this is you know if you point out someone's kind of traumatic blind spot to them where they're like the thing that they do they'll get angry i'm not defensive you're defensive you know um I, but it's just yeah. it's a human nature thing you don't want to be pointed out something and when people with uh you know the people of the fear bullock were enslaved in greece they came to an island and they found it abundant and beautiful and they changed it or they've split yeah. into the provinces but when it came to the point of sharing it with another tribe they just that was more powerful than them they saw it going down the same route and them being oppressed again and they couldn't get past that mentality and you know you have to say the, the two of the Danon had an awful lot to answer for for not exactly asking very nicely but I think this is something that's really interesting and I remember being myself and Rory actually were, were at the Bard summer school one year on Clare Island where we were looking mm. at this and as you know in the Bard they take a story and they go really really deep into it And it was really the first time in some of the kind of exercises that we did there, I saw so clearly the inability of the non-traumatized to engage with the pain of the traumatized. Wow. The the Tua de Danon had gone and nothing bad happened. And nothing bad happened to them. And so from their point of view, the world was a good, kind place. Mm. And like they were fighters, sure there was there had been some war, but there had also been magic and gifts and wonderful things. And they'd had this journey of like knowledge and enrichment. And mm. they came back and they were like, Oh my god, you guys were cousins, and they got what the fuck are you doing? And like the 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 kind of visceral rage response to somebody who isn't carrying a trauma is really jarring and it's actually dare you what well it's just well it's just like oh my god they're mad and you hear it like you you actually hear it from people you hear it you hear it you i like you hear it from from people who are financially comfortable when they're talking about like say protests over water taxes you're just like well what are these people complaining about everything's fine you hear it from you know you hear it whenever an issue is discussed you hear it from the people who are not part of the group that is suffering. Mm. And it is this kind, and it is a genuine, I like, I used to think it was disingenuous, but I actually think that, and I think it can be, I think a lot of the time actually it is, um, but it can be very genuine bewilderment. I'm like, well, what, 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 
what are you talking about? It's one of the and reasons. And then the onus is put on the on the people who have suffered to explain and dissect and dissect yeah. their own suffering. Yeah. So that the people who have not suffered finally go, oh, oh, oh. Well, you right. mentioned you mentioned you feminism there, and like, have a point. I mean, like one of the reasons we, you know, still will bring up the uh, the, the female and the point points point of view of, of the female in these stories, and we'll keep on coming back to that, be, is because, you know, feminism grew out of a, a complete lack of regard for women for, you know, history. And then they had to shout quite loudly to to do exactly what you just said and, and get their point of view across. And, and women's point of view came kind of louder and angrier and all of that and all of the connotations that comes with kind of an oppressed point of view for a long time. And it had to be louder than a male's voice for a while. And then as we talked about with Mel, that there's sort of balancing that where you can't, you can't just then overlook male pain. You have to actually yes. just see it as, okay, we're all people and we're all... You, you also can see it as being a consequence of the same system. Sure. That like sure. It, is, it, is, it is the same system that, the same system that, that kind of divides us that, like that and, and, and the systems that divide us in the ways that they divide us, they kind of suck for everybody. Mm-hmm. They suck for the people on top a little bit and they suck for the people on, on the bottom a, a, a lot more, but they're kind of shit for everybody. Because look, that's all from our human experience. So And that's exactly kind of, yeah, that's, what's... You know, Sorry. what's yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of just to, to in, in case you didn't get our, our really obvious link here. That's uh-huh. what kind of, you know, in May, the world was watching as a burn and we went quiet out of we couldn't we couldn't share the story kind of coinciding. Luckily, there was yeah. some form of peace agreement. Uh, and it, it just reminds me of like they've been shouting for, you know, the world to look at them and pay attention. And it's not been since uh a number a, a lot of people a lot of popular people started talking out about it and you know there's been people i follow on on, on facebook and instagram for for years that i've seen doing this and you know there's no resident there's no real big big up but because the atrocities were just that bit bigger because our phones are that bit smarter because we're able to share information that bit quicker and because it's just been going on for so long and this was so atrocious that finally there was a point where everybody kind of needed to, to shout and suddenly the reverberations of colonial occupation which you know the two of the land and kind of showing this story of oh this they is the thing absolutely gonna... the colonizers in this story and i think it's a really interesting role like i i you know there's this resonance with there absolutely is this resonance like we went quiet for the second time that we've gone quiet because we also went went quiet over the, the black lives matter protest sure. in the summer uh last year because there are there are times <laughs> We've both just the two of us have just been like, um, I can't, I, we're not putting anything out this week. We really should fuck up. I'm sure and there will be times again. I, there um, will be time again, and, and we we tend to not get political on the podcast because in in live performances we 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 tend to have a conversation with an audience and we mention things that are going on about homelessness or gay rights or uh, the abortion stuff and that kind of stuff was happening in Ireland when oh, yeah. you know when we I'm, were talking to a live show. I'm cheekiest fucking person. I just don't trust the internet with my opinions. <laughs> yeah. And and that's why, you know, we, we talked about, well, you know, being aloof or whatever. And I guess I've just gotten to a point in my emo- own emotionality that I, I've, I can see the correlation between the IRA and Hamas. I can see, I, I know they're both terrorist organizations. I don't agree with anything of the, what they do, but I understand that occupation and 
you know, subjugation creates some volatile responses. You know, I, I don't blame the people who are getting squashed in that circumstance because I kind of know that if I was in that circumstance, I would probably, you know, do something very irrational and very, uh, you know, I could do. I, could, I, I can emotionally comprehend emotionally that at least. Um, and, it's, you know, it's, but that's that I think is is the kind of. That is the that is the point, and that is the that is one of the things that I and that's one of the reasons why, you know, for a long time in Ireland there has been, and I think I think we do need to be a little bit careful with it because it has been, there has been a kind of an attempted sort of, well, there has been a great feeling of solidarity for Irish yes. people to Palestinian people because we understand what it is like to be occupied by people who say your country is not a country, your yeah. country is a part of our country. Yeah. And you do not actually exist outside of us because that happened yeah. to us for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, and you still can't find Palestine on Google Maps. Thanks yeah, 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 absolutely. And and like you, you know, if Google Maps had existed in, in 1916, you wouldn't have been able to find Ireland. It would have been the fucking, you know, it would have been part of the United Kingdom. Sure. <laughs> so like it's it's a the idea that there is not a legal state does not actually matter to Irish people because we understand I think historically what it is like to be an illegal people from an illegal state. Yeah. And re I mean, and having to reclaim. Sorry. And having to because like if you think about the Irish mythology stuff, if you think about like, you know, we Bon Bafola and Eru, who we're gonna get to in this podcast, mm -hmm. um people wrote songs about Ireland and they called Ireland Bonba and Fola. Hmm. So that because it was it was illegal to sing songs about Ireland. And so they gave it the names of, of the goddesses in mythology. And mm. like, you know, this whole thing about like, this is not officially a real place, that does not matter to people. And the other side of this is, is I kind I think like the, the thing that doesn't map, because it doesn't map, because it's not a perfect analogy. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect analogy unless you're looking at, I think, a very shallow work, um, is that there is huge trauma on both sides. Absolutely. Because there is absolutely huge transgenerational trauma carried from the, the Holocaust. 100%. And not just the Holocaust, like no. the treatment of the Jewish people in Europe throughout history has been horrific. Horrific. And actually, one of the big fucking ironies about this, like one of the huge ironies about this is that in the Ottoman Empire, mm. the Jews were welcomed. The Jews who were persecuted throughout Europe by the Christians, the Muslims were cool with the Jews until and the European Christians yeah. set up Israel in the Middle East to put all the Jews there. And you and know like, what, but, but in, in but like what boggles, boggles my mind and look, I, I, I've never, I should have started this, I've never been to Palestine, I've never actually been on the ground there, I, I'm not an expert on this, I've no. been talking to Palestinians, asking their opinion, finding out a couple, trying to debunk a couple of myths or, or stories that I, I've heard that I haven't been sure of and just asking people who are actually from Palestine living in, in Ireland who have come as refugees and, 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 and you know are living here um, and I guess one of the big things I, I, I kind of pieced together was oh yeah hang on so the Crusades were, were this horrible time where just people were just getting murdered and pushed around and you know conquered and a lot of the Jews ran from uh, from Europe and 
said like expelled yeah from spain they were they were actually driven out run out yeah sorry that's what i mean run out and then and this is how before like you know uh, 19 or during 1900s you have all of these jews in so these early in uh, middle east and like you have palestine before 1948 we have jews christians muslims all living there you know and that's the kind of before you jump into oh well it's always it's really complicated it's already already a divisive thing we're like well there was a lot of people living with different religions I, as I neighbors think, like the religion the sectarian violence thing is always incredibly um it's always incredibly fascinating to me because there's we know that people can and do live peacefully side by side with different religions and different tribal affiliations but it seems that those become the fault lines along which communities shatter when a certain mm. kind of pressure is put on because you see it happen again and again you see it happen you see it happen in rwanda you see it happen fucking all over the world you saw it happen in, in um you know in the Balkans. like when mm-hmm. when fault when pressure is put that's the that's where the fracture line goes and it that's when people turn into the the tribalism again and get into like well this is a difference between you and i this is the line that we're going to draw and it can be religion and it can be tribal and it can be ethnic and it can be, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Um, this is where the kind of, this is, this is what I mean by anger being dangerous because I think totally. that's where anger leads us. And that is where the kind of, that is where your IRAs and your Hamas is kind of get their energy from because that is, that is the anger is the fuel for that. Anger and and one of violence. And speaking of anger, and like this is again to to bring it away from uh, well, a country say, I've never been. Uh, can I say one thing before we bring it away? Um, I know you mentioned geographically, but like the thing about the the reason I disagree with the or the the reason that I think the anger thing is really dangerous. Yeah, is not just because violence is bad, because you know we all know violence is bad. It's because if we go into the anger, we perpetuate the trauma. Yeah. Right. If I go into the anger, if I go into the Republican anger, I shut off a bomb in Manchester. I traumatize some people there. They yeah. then hate me and mine. And then they sure. retaliate. And, sure. it, and on and on and on. And that actually doesn't stop. No. That is and, like, we. But we everybody know this knows. Is a cycle of violence. Everybody fucking knows that. So, like, it is, it is the. It is the worst thing that we can do with our anger is to go into that kind of hatred and violence. And I think even, you know, I would include in violence, you know, violent speech, because that is a precursor. That is just a way that you dehumanize people to yourself while you're working yourself and others up to physical violence. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. really, I just want to be real, because we are talking on the internet about mm. politics, and I, I just... Like, oh, I, and I'm, I'm you know... I be really fucking careful. <laughs> That people well, understand. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, some people are not going to understand, like, and that's fine. But like, fuck just, you know, I want to uh, be as clear as I possibly sorry. can. Well, I mean, what I'm saying here. Yeah, and I, I also want to be as clear as I possibly can. Um, and <laughs> where my anger roots, and it, it's that transgenerational thing, and it has to be. And like, I don't understand this fully. I don't quite comprehend it. But when I hear that the British black and tans, uh had a career in Ireland and in Palestine that 
people were sent from doing atrocious things in Ireland. Now, a lot of them were Irish people, don't get me wrong. A lot of the black and tans were fucking from Cork, where I'm from. I don't fucking, <laughs> you know, I'm not happy about that. But they were paid. There was a, you know, there's like, there's, it's all grey. This is the point, right? It's all fucking, well, there's no these, black and white. There's no good and bad. Yeah, these tribal lines don't actually serve us because they don't reflect reality. But when I hear the colonizers and the, the the people who robbed my country of our language, of our culture, who who enforced a, a, a servitude that caused mass, almost an extinction and a, an attempt of a genocide in this country with the famine. And if you don't know that, that, that the, the Irish famine was an attempt at genocide by the British, I, I suggest you listen to the uh, Irish History Podcast and it'll explain that very, very well. Um, and if you disagree with me after hearing that podcast, come back to me again and, you know, it's grand. We can probably not talk about it. It's fine. Or I don't really mind. Disagree. disagree. Yeah. Um, and, and when I hear that the, the, the British colonial power that fucked up this country and still has it separated and segregated and really divisively awful in the north to a, to a point it's much better now than it was but it's not that much better because the Brexit happened their hand in this is so massive and there's no real acknowledgement, there's no real acceptance that the British had a hand in this situation because it's Israel against the Palestinians. And it's as simple as going back to the story that we're actually talking about in this podcast of saying, oh, well, the two of the Danon and the Fearbolg were like, there's just, you know, there's no one really to blame. It's, 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 they're the descendants of Nuada and it's so long ago that it doesn't really matter. And it, it all falls into a story. And the British were, they, they owned the world once upon a time. And that was a story. And there's no real consequences to those actions. They're fucking is, and they're very visceral and they're very traumatizing currently right yeah, now because this and is the thing with trauma is the trauma doesn't go away until somebody deals with it and, and in fairness most people try to deal with it is actually that is is by going into violence which just perpetuates it because then you are basically yeah. you're effectively giving your trauma to somebody else if you do that. and that's and where they have to deal with it or pass it on and that's well, why it keeps getting passed out passed well, around and this is why I wanted to bring this topic a up. Worldwide game of past the trauma part. But speaking of worldwide, right? So we basically have we're tiny island, Ireland. Oh, we're we're tiny little island. We're so we're we're like a, a pimple on the nose of Europe, right? <laughs> and like we're just sitting there, and I think no we're one like really... a dandruff because we're not quite attached. I exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That makes more sense. Uh, fuck's sake. So we're just hovering up there and we're just this little green island. And because, you know, um, of why? What, what's wrong with green island? Sorry, it was just in the context of skin flakes and pimples. I was like, green. <laughs> oh, dear God. Um, yeah, okay. I'm still in the analogy, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so we're this. Like... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, this little green island. On a, on a world stage, we have a very loud voice and we, I kind of think we need to acknowledge it. And, 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 I, and that's where I'm like, OK, there's a few thousand people listening to this podcast and, you know, that's cool. For some reason, uh, they like hearing our stories. Great. That's lovely. Uh, keep on doing that. But when it comes to a point where something globally is happening, where, you know, you remember the story of Dunn Stores workers uh, stopping serving South African goods because they had heard about the apartheid going on. Yeah. 
and it triggered a fucking revolt. It, tr it triggered a massive change in the country. It's still not right or correct, but you you can't fucking fix everything overnight. And you know, and also, it yeah, I mean, we're not. You know, we we Ireland didn't. Ireland's soft power is huge, but I also think that part of like we're in such a unique situation because we're all white and English speaking and we're in Europe and we're part of the European Union, which gives us a huge amount of power and influence already, like disproportionate to our size. But unlike most of the other powerful countries in the European Union, we do not have a history of being colonizers. And so the thing is, if other Dutch, countries no. uh, in Portuguese, Europe, no. Uh, Spain, you know, right? great. No, uh, like, French, not great. Um, this is the thing. We don't England, have to go through awful. the whole list. <laughs> I'm going through them. Like, I mean, but like, like, but it, it's no one's fault. It's inherited few... fucking history from like, awful yeah, no, times. No, nobody, obviously, nobody current was alive and able to make those decisions. So like, we're not having a go. <laughs> but like, it does mean that we are uniquely placed to speak out on these kinds of issues. Because yeah. you can't do that if you have an unacknowledged past with this stuff. Right. Which most countries that were colonizers have not actually gone through the process of saying, hey, we did a genocide against you. Here is <laughs> reparations and an acknowledgement. Oh my God. When you put when you actually say it like that, you're like, Jesus Christ. But like oh when have my you God. Heard? like nah. we got an apology. We we actually did get an apology from for the family. Yeah. We got an apology for the family. Um, from from our neighbors from, from England, yeah. Uh, back when I was in college, so it would have been back in the early early two thousands. And I remember, I remember English friends of mine at the time being like, "Why on earth are we apologizing for a famine? A famine is a natural disaster." And I like you always have to do with English people because they are not told this, yeah, unless they go and actually look it up themselves independently. <laughs> Basically, lads, there was an awful lot of food. Well, the thing is, there was an awful lot of food grown in Ireland during the famine and it was all exported and it wasn't given to the people. That's and why. And it was uh, also a very, uh, you know, there was a very direct attempt for by landlords to convert their farms from uh, not very profitable um, agriculture to much, much more profitable uh, uh, cattle rearing. Yeah. So they were trying to get tenants off the land so that they could farm cattle instead. And yeah. having them out was uh, that worked. Yeah, so that worked. That, that worked a treat. So and, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was very like it was very horrific. It was it very was horrific. Not that long ago. Nah, it was like a couple of like a few old ladies it ago, which is always, <laughs> you know, like I just always think, just go back a couple of old ladies, and suddenly you're in awful times. And as you know, our dad said this recently, like you know, if you want to dream about the good old days and the romantic Ireland, and you have to bring back all of all awful, awful shit in the good old days too. It wasn't that good, you know. The good old days had a lot of hidden shit going on. So anybody who talks about getting back to the simple values in the good old days needs to really face up to all of that. Yeah. Industrial schools here, those horrible fucking schools in Canada that was just come out as well. There's a lot of horrific stuff in the world. Um, let's and like, talk look, a little and, bit about the war story. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I guess think we've, I think we've made ourselves clear on where we stand on war. And well, I, I guess I, I, I did kind Palestine. of mean to jump back and forth. I mean, also, look, I, I mean, Gabber. 
I, I do want to just say, if you want to have a very a unique perspective, Russell Brand's Under the Skin is excellent. He interviews uh, somebody from the Israeli side of things. And then he's, he interviews Gabor Mate, who's also Jewish, who's been in Palestine and been in Gaza and just cried for two weeks because he could, couldn't believe what was happening there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an occupied country that uh, is still going on. We're, I'm going to post a link uh, in the, at the end the of this. Um, I'll also post a link um, to anyone who's interested in uh, the a GoFundMe page by um, a professor I've met who's giving direct uh, aid to, to families who are, you know, there's 50,000 families in, in, in Gaza Strip searching for refuge at the moment in a, in a population of 2.2 million, which is the most densely possible. And of the population of Gaza is under 18. Oh my God, like it's the most densely populated place in the world. Like it's, it, it's just, it's mind boggling. Obviously, it's not an easy situation to fix. Obviously, there's a few things that are kind of like, you know, complicated and all that. But there's some very basic things that just need to be changed. And Ireland is one of the first European countries who've actually fucking done something and said, we're not okay with this. And there's some degree or some fucking thing that they've, uh, that they've been signing. All I know is an Irish flag was raised in um, a town in Palestine uh, from where a friend of mine lives and she sent me the photograph of it. And I, you know, burst out crying because I just think, like, to, again, a little, a few little, a few little protests, a few little things uh, here with all the refugees that have come from there, all of the people who rode in their boats, all of the people who fucking fled a country like the fear bug that we're talking about, who mm -hmm. just had to get out of that place that was terrible and come to a green island and a place with a thousand welcomes. And they've they've had it to an extent and they haven't had it in others. And, you know, to find a place where our voice is mixing with theirs their culture is mixing with ours here they're becoming irish palestinians and meeting irish people who resonate with their their issues and can see it uh, yeah, playing out at home and there's there's blood on both sides and we recognize that too and we recognize the wrongness of it because in 1916 no one fucking backed the people who were who were going to take the gpo you know irish people didn't want a war they didn't back the ira like it's a complicated wars are complicated they're awful they're, there's no winners in war that's what our mythology tells us it's never good and it's always tragic and Yes, that's all I wanted to and say. I think, on that. That's yeah, no, I just think we should we should talk a little bit about the story because we we uh, I think we, this has been a this has been a very um, a good tangent I hope to listen to, but it has also been um, <laughs> we didn't really jump back into it as many times as I thought because um, we were both just getting into talking about what we we're talking about. Yeah, um, I mean it, it, and I it's, think yeah, it's emotional. I, just, I do I just... think that it's an interesting. Um, I think it's got a really interesting place for me in the Book of Invasions because it is the story of the Tuatha Danann's arrival in Ireland. Absolutely. I think a lot of people with a cursory understanding of Irish mythology think of them as like the original inhabitants. And I think it is a really interesting thing that it comes up again and again in the Book of Invasions, which is that there is no such thing as the original inhabitants. Mm -hmm. There are no original inhabitants. There is no original inhabitants to anywhere. Original yeah. inhabitant is not a thing that happens in Ireland. There is one place in the world where there are original human inhabitants and everywhere else people came there for somewhere else you know yeah. we are we are not um you know every everywhere that human beings go it becomes the place that they are from 
and we can dig we can be deep roots in there but i think it just and has look, to be something that isn't it, it that it doesn't become that fault line that it doesn't become that fracture point where yeah. we can break and turn on each other that it gives and, us a mandate to break and turn on each other because this is one of the things about our island today is that you know when i was growing up there were so few people of any nationality other than Ireland because we had been such a poor country for so long and we were not it was not an attractive place for people to to emigrate to and that has been changing throughout my lifetime and I really have been quite proud of of Irish people sometimes and at other times absolutely fucking horrified Mm. by us and incredibly disappointed uh, by some of the ways that we've failed to live up to our welcome when people yeah. don't come with a wad of cash in their hand. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it's, it's, I just think that this is a, that's one of the reasons that I think the Book of Invasions is such an important cycle of mythology. It is. Because I think it just, it just shines a light on the lie that is nationalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I, I realize that's an odd thing to say as somebody who's like, I'm only telling Irish mythology and I'm never telling anything that isn't Irish mythology, which has kind of been my stance for a while, um, for a long time. But like, it is, I, I just think it's really, really important. I think it's really important to say and I think it's really Absolutely. important to articulate. Um, because the Tua did Danon did a terrible thing in this story. And the terriblest thing that they did was they 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 killed the great they killed the first king they killed the first true king of Ireland, they slaughtered the people who were their cousins, because everybody is fucking cousins with everybody else if you go back far enough. Yeah. Um. And I think it's just you know, it's well, a, this battle is is such a tragedy. And it, it all stems out of a story, a story that they believed in and they both believed in it. One was the story that their ancestors were from a beautiful place and they could all sew their sacks around uh, wooden, you know, a canvas and make it watertight and, and try and find home and get away from persecution and the trauma of existence. And they find it and they, they celebrate one coming down, seeing the others with the same story with the same idea that they belong to this land and they have a right to this place. And it's a story like any border, like any piece of paper that says that you own a piece of land. It is a story. It is a myth. It is a fabrication of your imagination. And you can really, really believe in it. You know, you can really believe in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People really love believing it. You know, and hey. So much in these myths. Hey, I, invest, I, I, I don't really. Money. People think money is real. Yeah, you know, even private property. When I see private property signs, I just, I, I my instinct is to jump into the. I'm just like, mm-hmm. why do you, why do you have to, why do you have to build a gate? Why do you have to build a wall? Like, really? I mean, if it wasn't there, I wouldn't want to get it going. <laughs> I get it. I mean, sure. I Listen, mean, there's people all, are assholes all, too. So, all um, must be anarchy and all must dissolve. Um. I think we're getting to the end of the conversation. <laughs> we are. I mean, like, well, I think like we're wrapping we it up, but it, it, it's just the fact that, like, I, I mean, I'm amazed. Anarchy and chaos, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> did we? 
did we well I did that, that was me that was me sorry 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 um yeah not to be tied in with the rest of the conversation they keep people out I know um I know I know but no my sorry my point there is like the fact that it's still just a story you know it's still just a a myth that we're deciding we're we're believing and like I I own this now because I've paid money for it you know that's my point there are narratives (laughs) clarifying um and and everybody lives by narratives and again I think that's kind of you know we said that when we when we announced we were taking a break that it's it's really important to look um and ask yourself why do I believe this why mm. is this why why do I think this is true what are the what, stories you what would by? the world be like if this was not true you know um it's it's I think it's just a really important like where, where does this belief come from why do I have it and is it serving you and is it serving your community and is it serving the world yeah because it's if it isn't what the fuck are you doing yeah um Look, so look, lads, we're going to uh, be back with a weekly podcast. Uh, next week, we'll be uh, releasing Bress. Uh, and I mean, I think lockdown has been amazing for this podcast in that we had nothing else to do. So we just did podcasts. As we're coming out of lockdown now, we are, we kind of mentioned this in social media a bit and possibly and, and kind of briefly in our last as well. But just to hit home, we're basically not able to keep the level of, of uh, output that we were doing, which was two, two podcasts a week. We got a lot of patron support from it. We got a lot of people reaching out to us and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for just chipping in. We've been able to continuously upgrade our uh, kit and all the rest of the things that we actually want to be able to purchase and do. We're going to be and, able to buy me a light, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's on the on the list. We're writing it down right now. Bye. Yeah. Sorry, okay. A light. Um, Personally, new screen. So yeah, look, guys, thanks again for the the Patreon support. You'll catch us next week. Um, week Wednesdays is our podcast day, and and it's going to uh, be from now on alternating. So one Wednesday will be story. One when the Wednesday after that will be chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the double chat. But let us know if you liked the uh, yeah. Let us know if you like the format. Let us know if you. Let us know your thoughts. I yeah, well, we covered an awful lot of ground in this podcast. Um, so yeah, and I know as well. Uh, this was a double kind of podcast or double chat podcast, yes. but also I guess we had a decision to make, uh, which was: do we split the episode in two, and or do we just leave? And we, I like long stories. I like to go on for a walk and listen to a half an hour story. Uh, so I think we, where where we can, we'll try and put put those stories out. And um, listen, thanks very much, guys. I appreciate your listening. And well, yeah, catch you next time. Bye. You.